And we we go. Here we are once again. Yes. Uncle Mo. Yes. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> this will be a treat. <laughs> Uncle Mo. While you, uh, do, wait, what's Uncle thing? Mo, here I am. While, while you, you eat. eat. <laughs> <laughs> Please remove the basket from my head. The, the basket is really <laughs> really hot oh man that was such a great um uh that was such a great skit on the simpsons you know back in its in its heyday uh uncle mo's family family feedback family feedback amazing amazing i would actually eat there i i I wonder if they uh have made well there's probably definitely a mo's tavern in uh simpsons land uh theme park yeah um, that's in Florida, right? Yes, yes, every, it's in Florida. Because everything's in Florida. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Including just homegrown racism. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I guess, did I you guess see like a hundred thousand people came out to see Donald Trump speak his uh, sp- spew his bullshit. Uh, um, is it? He what? said that he said that the 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 the, the stadium where he was where he was doing his fucking uh, you know idiots rally was <laughs> overflowing. Uh huh. And it was not. Yeah, I was about to ask. I was like, "Is it a hundred thousand or a Trump hundred thousand? Uh, it's a Trump hundred thousand, yeah. which means it's like a solid six thousand, six to seven thousand. Yeah, because the, the exchange rate isn't the same yeah. <laughs> between his, just his, ask his, Trump stakes exactly between his numbers <laughs> and reality and shit. Um, there were. <laughs> The Trump exchange rate, that has to be like ubiquitous ubiquitous now. Yeah. Um, so. We got to make that a thing. We got to hashtag that shit. Yeah. And like the Trump exchange rate. Put it uh, put it out on the air. But he oh, yeah. um, he uh, he definitely had the attention of all the uh, racists in the area who literally marched to his rally yes. wearing MAGA hats and um, doing the OK symbol, the white power, the white power okay symbol, thing, which is so funny when you go online with any in, in terms of any uh, comment section, because, you know, all the um, <laughs> all the quote unquote white people who refuse to acknowledge that racism even exists or ever has. They're just like, that's just an OK symbol. And blah, blah, blah. it's like, really? So you're telling me all these guys wearing MAGA hats, you know, talking about uh, spouting like anti-Jewish rhetoric are just letting us know that they're OK. Yeah. That's that's what they're doing. Like <laughs> these people are just like that. They're, they're apo- like people who say that are just like fucking apologists. Fuck I forget yeah. what his name is. Who cares? Who yeah. gives a shit is what his name is now. And he's just like, it was so long ago. It's just like you were 16. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago. Yeah. He was like, but Harvard has a history of racism. She's like, and they were like, <laughs> you're quitting. Uh, and, and somebody, somebody like, I, I don't know. It was somebody who he was interviewed by, you know, somebody on CNN. Mm hmm. And the anchor was just like, you're equating 200 years ago to two years ago. <laughs> and then he was like, well, my, my mom, mom says, says I'm cool, <laughs> you know. And, here, and, and here's the difference. What a dick. And here's the difference. It's like Harvard has taken steps, uh, admitting, admittedly uh, slowly in certain cases, but has taken steps to try and rectify some of that old racism when the country was literally swimming in it. But... 
this guy <laughs> tweeted it two years ago, and what what has he done? I don't think it was a tweet. It was something on Reddit or like 4chan, oh. which is like a haven. Of, even even better, even worse. Like, it's yeah, right. like, <laughs> it's like let's just be honest. Like, you're not sorry. You're sorry that you got caught. Yeah, exactly. You know? But uh, we're not sorry that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And we're not sorry that we are Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. God damn A, right? <laughs> You're listening to the only show at noon on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. Nothing else is playing on RFB at this time except us. Oh, yeah. Holding it down for the noon, son. <laughs> for you folks frantically deciding what you want for lunch on a Monday, yeah. you know, let us help you out. Drink. So yes. <laughs> Just pound that whiskey in between dropping the kids off at the, you know, at the pool or whatever. That's right. Um, <laughs> the pool is like, go swim. We're going to yeah. get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and listening to streaming radio. Man. <laughs> That's the wild crowd, you know, <laughs> getting drunk at noon on a Monday. <laughs> listening to like our fucking bullshit, our crazy bullshit. To local streaming radio. Yeah. Hell yeah. Even, it's just. Well, I know that like and I'm and I'm going to give a shout out to like our fan or fans in Peru. What? Uh we You're making that up. No, no, I'm serious. I got a tweet like uh about I'm going to say like 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. uh from this dude who was just like, you know, from Peru. He was just like, I was just going through <laughs> i was i was searching for like internet radio shows and i stumbled upon your show and i thought it was really funny and i love your song of the week and i was like well thank you i hope you uh you know you follow us and you listen more and he was like like and subscribe to my channel and and I was like, I'll do that as well. That's, but thank you for tuning in. That's a lot of it's a lot of exchange. But uh, yeah, thank you, uh, our Peruvian listener. Or, yeah, or listeners, our listeners. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Peru is a beautiful country, from what I hear. Yes. Um, but let's go back to unfortunately to the uh, conflicted, um, hot mess. Of a country that is the United States. Uh, I don't of even America. know what normal is anymore. Yeah, I know. I swear to God, whoever the next president is after Trump, it's, it's like, gonna be Warren. It's gonna be Warren. It's, it's gonna I, be Warren. I'm crossing my fingers, but like, it's gonna take me like at least three weeks to adjust to full sentences, and you know, not having the word collusion or sex associated with the president of the United States. Like yeah. I'm going to be like, what's going on here? Why isn't anybody throwing any pies? You know, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, l- let's move things back to, unfortunately back to, um, to Toronto dump. Um, <laughs> so uh, we had a, a canceled military strike. Holy shit. We almost went to war with Iran. That's, I mean, 
that's first of all let's let's give some uh, background apparently uh, iran shot down a drone and thank goodness it was unmanned i'll give you guys a second <laughs> i forgot he said that and i'm just like oh god it's like, it's like well i guess we're reassured that the drone was unmanned like uh but um so apparently that is enough of a cause to initiate some sort of military strike um, against another country. Even though I guess we were flying in their airspace. Uh, yeah. Who the hell knows? They were giving mul- the drone was given multiple uh, warnings. Um, and then suddenly this morning, uh, you know, right after I had my oatmeal, it's just like, you know, <laughs> is that really is that? Did you really have it? Yes, I did. OK, wow. Well, Good way to start a day. Yeah, yeah, you know? it is. Um, I, I'm like, you know, you're a very chiseled gentleman, so I totally believe you. I, you know, I cut up some bananas and put some cinnamon in it, you know, like. You goddamn health bastard. I, you healthy bastard. I just, I just, I do it because if I die, nobody will find me in my oh, apartment come for on. days. It's my fear. So, listeners, please, <laughs> if we ever miss a week, somebody come check on me. <laughs> Okay, so so the airstrike, uh, the the military strike was uh, canceled, and everybody is relieved. Like, I know I'm definitely relieved, but it but now it just has me thinking. Like, what's this guy gonna do to bolster himself going into this um, going into this campaign season? Because it was just on Tuesday that he announced his 2020 campaign. So he's gonna, in his mind, he has to do something to make himself look more macho. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, so yeah, because right now it's not looking so hot for him. No, it uh, really isn't. Even given by his own internal polls, mm-hmm. his own internal polls had him trailing ugh, Joe Biden mm. um, and Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And he fired his own pollsters. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I think Fox News was also like. Yeah. You know, you're trailing Joe Biden. Yeah, they even. You know, it's bad when Fox News is just like, no, you. If it was now, you'd lose. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're we're one step away from being a cartoon. Don't make us out to be total fools. That's what <laughs> Fox News is basically saying. So back to, um, back to Toronto Dump. I know I keep calling him. I that. like that though. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um. He, yeah, we he apparently his thing was that he ordered the airstrike, and the leaked reports are saying that he really enjoyed doing that, mm-hmm. um, and he really enjoyed recalling them at the last possible second, and I was just like, that's not far fetched because you know to him. Mm-hmm. Everything feels. I can only assume that everything to Donald Trump feels so removed that to take action like that must feel like he's like, uh, this feels just like a movie, you know? Yeah. No, no professionalism to it. Absolutely. Uh, and he was just, I bet he describes it like he's like, I got hard, you know? Oh, I, I, I can't imagine it being anything else. I mean, it's, it's like sex. It's like, eh, you know, <laughs> that, that's that's how I imagine he describes it. I I could uh, whenever he puts out his presidential memoirs, which will be <laughs> which will probably be published by D.C. 
It's it's one Not of those even <laughs> like Hustler magazine does like in the, the Hustler letter pages. I don't even know oh. if they have letter pages, but it'll probably be in there. Oh God! Oh man! But he he probably enjoyed it because it was it's one of the few things that a president can do because um, it wouldn't have been war. That's that has to be declared by Congress. But uh, military strikes is something that a a president can initiate, especially if there's some some sort of action that is the precursor to some sort of military action against us. And I guess shooting down a drone uh, would count. So it's one of the few instances where he can bark out an order and people hustle and bustle around him. You know, people running up to him with files just like, you know, sir, we need you to sign this and authorize, you know, and they take him to, you know, the little war room with you know in screens and there's a general somewhere it's just like sir you know the drone was our best drone it was one day away from retirement you know so <laughs> just bought a boat called the live forever <laughs> it's just like uh, i'm he, gonna milk that joke to the end of time it's a good joke though it's like he's just like oh god damn it we gotta get revenge for you know chappy <laughs> so, so then once it's over, once he calls it off, you know, it's back to, you know, checks and balances. Like you can't just do something and not have people challenge you, you know. So. Yeah, but then he's got fucking uh, war hawks like John Bolton and Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio whispering in his ear, like, go to war, go to war, go to war, go to war. You know, and, you know, they're they're hovering around they're hovering around him 24 mm-hmm. seven saying that. Um, and, you know, even when he sleeps, you know, hugging a little like Stormy Daniels doll, uh, oh, <laughs> they're still like saying like they're still hovering over him in the darkness, just saying, go to war. That's really go creepy. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm imagining that old effect from one of the Freddy Krueger movies where the wall like something just sort of like reaches through the wall oh yeah it was one of the greatest practical effects ever because they actually made the wall like some sort of like spandex it was like yeah it was like latex or yeah. so, some shit some rubbery shit and then they just pressed like the actor or the animatronic like into it and it's just like yeah it's like, it's like that's, that's one of my favorite effects ever and it's made, so simple but effective i know it is and w- did you ever see the remake to nightmare on elm street I did. It was shit. <laughs> um, it's a shame. I really like that actor. I thought, I, he, I thought he did a good job. I thought he did a great job, too. It's just like that movie was got it was just shit. Mm. So do, do you remember the scene? They tried to do that scene again, but mm. it was CGI and it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to uh, trying to like um, uh, do a one up on a on a really classic and well done effect, something that probably earned whoever put that effect together like awards at least i hope so because i hope so yeah yeah yeah. it was simple super effective probably scarred a lot of people who saw that movie (laughs) yeah i I was 12 years old when i saw that movie like on bootleg in el salvador Um, oh my god and it freaked me the fuck out but it also cemented freddie as my favorite villain Uh, What's not to like? You yeah, know? exactly. He you, hunts you in your dreams. You know, he's got he's got a lot of humor in yeah. his in his murdering. You yeah, know, so. he's got uh, you know he he calls uh, he's an equal opportunity offender. I repeat, he will offend again by calling <laughs> people bitch. Um, doesn't matter your sex or gender, he will just call, straight up just call you bitch. That's um, true. <laughs> uh, we're going off the rails here. So uh, as we as we always do, as we always do, it's a good thing that we don't run a uh, 
<clears throat> some sort of like uh, train company or anything like yeah. that. Cause, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Off the rails train service. We'll get you there faster. You know? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Not necessarily where you want to go, but we'll get you there. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about modern mon- modern real monster. So, uh, you know, Jesus. Chino in Chief. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, who's in the, who's now up on fucking rape charges again, again, <laughs> again? That's I was no, just... but it was se- before it was sexual misconduct mm. and possible. I think sexual assault. Now mm. it's straight up rape. Wow. Um. Well, I think one of his ex wives actually accused him of that years ago, and then for some reason, like Ivanka, yeah, some reason rescinded the. Uh, pressing charges i'm i'm convinced she's mentally ill actually ivanka yeah i I mean not like i don't and i don't want to like make light of of actual mental illness Mm -hmm. but there's something something's up with her Hmm. because they did an interview with her uh during maybe the second year trump was president Ugh. sorry i can't you know just to think of any time passing. Yeah, it's anyway. So, <laughs> so they did an interview with Ivanka Trump, and she was like, "You know, Melania may be first lady, but I think I actually am first lady because I was there first. Wow. She's basically calling dibs. <laughs> she, she was like, she did I hit a Ray it first. J. She did yeah, a Ray yeah. J. I wow. hit it first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, 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 Ray J. <laughs> at least, hey, at least she quoted, you know, a um, a Titan. Of, yes. of music in yeah. our time. A poet laureate of our yeah. times. <laughs> Ray J. Raymond J. Moesha is his last? Norwood. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe. He's actually Brandy's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird because he has that, like, uh, slime ball goatee thing yeah. going. It's just like, ugh. Anyway. You um, smell the, the venereal disease on that, dude. <sighs> anyway, so... Um, back to another fucking slime ball, um, an even worse slime ball. Yes. Uh, you know, Trump is, is up on, is up on, is rape. up on rape charges. Mm-hmm. Apparently in the 1990s, uh, he went into a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room and Jesus. he raped, uh, a, a woman named E. Jean Carroll. Oh, and man. she came out with her story in the latest New York magazine. So, um, wow. it's disgusting. Wow. Uh, I really, I really, disgusting. All, I feel really bad for this woman that she has had to live with this for decades. And in her mind, she thought to herself, like, especially how the atmosphere was for, um, sexual assault and rape victims in the 90s in terms of being able to come forward and being believed um, it was far less than it is now um, to have to sit on that for decades and to add another lay on top of that knowing that this guy had has so many resources access to lawyers money and all that kind of stuff that her allegations would fall on uh, deaf ears I can't imagine living with that kind of torture uh, being um yeah i i i really have no words and i guess you know as 
you know, as responsible uh, uh, radio personalities, I have to include the word uh, alleged since neither you or I were there. But it's just like, you know, when you have a guy who's constantly being hit with like sexual assault, sexual misconduct uh, charges left and right over the years, it's just like something, something is happening. You know, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire somewhere, you know, so... Um, I, I really hope, especially in this atmosphere, that this woman gets, at the very least, uh, thoroughly heard and have these charges thoroughly investigated and brought to light for the public to see. And I believe it because I, I, I be, like I, I'm 100 uh, percent believe um, uh, this woman. Uh, she's a journalist, mm-hmm. uh, a, a longtime columnist, I believe. Um, that she is telling 100% the truth because look who we're fucking talking about mm. right now. Mm. Um, and, and let's not ignore the fact that he's got like, what, 19 other sexual misconduct, sexual assault charges yep. Yep. Um, being lobbed at him right now. Just Dude, hung, hanging over his head. This asshole is having like a banner few weeks because just like, uh, like maybe a week and a half ago, um, you know, as of the point where, you know, the, our listeners are hearing this, you know, let's not forget, uh, he was asked, you know, do you feel bad, uh, about, you know, the way you acted during the whole Central Park five, uh, situation? Yeah. Oh my God. And he was like, you know, now there were people. He did. He did the both sides thing. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like allegations were made. There were confessions and this and the other. It's just like, no, 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 no. These kids, kids were ex- children. They were exonerated. A person, the person who actually did it, confessed. So if you want to talk about confessions, talk about that confession and also DNA evidence corroborated that they did not do it. Yeah, it's just like. And you still can't say, oh, I made a mistake. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I mean, he still called for their executions even after they were exonerated. I honestly don't. And I and I hate to, like, boil it down. I'm not going to I'm not trying to belittle uh, the situations, especially involving the rape or the Central Park five trial. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm now I'm taking it into the new territory of like. With all this, this fog of shit surrounding Ooh, the Archino in chief, that is, is so, there, that's so apropos a fog of yeah, shit, fog of shit just, of his own making, just rolling in under the moonlight. Yeah, uh, the, I honestly don't think that he will get reelected. I think I honestly, th- the, my fear is that if you if we do go to war with Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, that he'll use that opportunity to be like, you can't take me out of office. We're at war. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So even though, you know, we've had past presidents who've less left office during far bigger quagmires uh, than going to war with Iran. Um, yeah. It's, Still, though, a war with Iran is a fucking serious situation. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't mean to uh, downplay it at all, but he... There is an air of desperation um, in his campaign. I mean, how many people... The Daily Show has a great, like, bingo card that they 
That I they, saw. I, I saw. <laughs> like uh, I, I saw that scroll up on my YouTube feed, and I was just like, "What is that?" They put it up every time somebody from his administration <laughs> leaves, or gets fired, or is arrested, or goes to jail. It's just like there's so much. There's so many faces that have just been whited out on on this bingo card, um, with only a handful left. Uh, with the sinking ship that is his his administration, pretty much from day one. Um, there is an air de- of desperation around it, so he's hoping for a war. However, he will have to contend with his own words uh, from his campaign that he won't. He said that he wouldn't mire uh, America in any like foreign wars during his administration. Right. Um, so basically, he'll have to do what he's been used to doing. But the thing is, when you declare war, um, suddenly there's a lot more to juggle. I mean, you're, you, everybody likes to pop shit about supporting the troops and bringing the troops home, which was a big thing uh, during the 2016 uh, election. But now suddenly it's okay to engage them in another conflict. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are enough people in his base who will be like, well, you know, what are we going to do? You know, there, there might have been an iPod on that drone. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, you don't go to war and kill human lives on the other side over a drone that was in their airspace like you just you you do other things you know what happened to sanctions you know what happened to this what happened to that it's like no you're gonna go to war it's like this is basically just like a dick display because sanctions aren't don't make good for good uh uh, rallies. That's true. It's just like, oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> a high level of sanctions so big. It's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, uh, and to to bloodthirsty MAGA heads. Yeah, they're just much. like, well, I want to hear the, the innocent people were killed so I could go to sleep, and just knowing that someone who was a shade darker than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, bit it. Yeah, you know, pretty much, pretty much. So, uh, also, I I want to bring up the fact that you said there was an iPod on that drone. Um, <laughs> as a proud owner of one of the last few iPods out there, that that hurt, man. See, well, I know, hurt me. I know it hurt. Um, but you know, uh, knowing Trump, he'd be like, well, it's like, well, we don't want the drone to get bored. You know. So, so. <laughs> It's like, sir, we have what Spotify now. We can just stream it. It's like, no, I insist. What if the little elf driving the drone gets <laughs> bored and falls asleep at the wheel? It's like, no one tell him um, that that's not how. Put the iPod on the drone and fill it with Coldplay. <laughs> this guy's a monster. <laughs> it wouldn't be Coldplay. It'd be like fucking Kid Rocker. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. My name is Ken. <laughs> Ken Cox. <laughs> uh, what's he doing these days? Is he uh, he's uh, is being he, a fucking venereal disease riddled asshole? Is he, is what he's, you know. How are they going to trot him out and Ted Nugent and whoever, all the other horrible people that flock to this guy uh, like flies yes, on shit? Yes, the finest musicians <laughs> that come out to to uh, you know regale us with their with their tales of you know. Uh, with their musical uh, styling and such. <laughs> the modern Beethovens, if yes, you will. Yes, of course. You know? <laughs> of course. Of hick rock, you know, so. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, what else What else is going on with this uh, uh, fog of shit that is... Uh, uh, I, I think we've... Um, 
I think we, we might have. Pa- we've passed out of that. Uh, I mean, we could talk about like I know that you saw, you saw it. I didn't. Uh, I haven't gotten the chance to actually sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you saw Ta-Nehisi Coates, yes, uh, deliver his address to Congress. Yes, that w- it was. It was one of the most uh, riveting things uh, on the subject of reparations that I think you'll see in the modern age. I mean, Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, made big waves back in 2014 when he wrote for The Atlantic uh, the, uh, the Case for Reparations. Um, it's a long read, but it is filled with so much information detailing the history of this country, how it affects a certain population, mainly the black population, the African-American population, um, and how it reverberates to this day and the socioeconomic impacts of that. And to have him speak in front of Congress was, I couldn't imagine a better person uh, uh, to bring up. And it came at such a timely moment because the previous day he spoke uh, Wednesday in front of Congress and it was on Tuesday that uh, people asked, asked Mitch McConnell out of all people, um, does he think that reparations is a good idea? And he was just like, well, no, because, you know, uh, slavery was 150 years ago and it's been too long and I don't think it's a good idea. And he basically didn't elaborate much beyond that. Um he uh, he essentially just sort of like tried to dismiss it and Ta-Nehisi Coates being as brilliant as he is uh, made mention of Mitch McConnell's uh, comments he said he said you know uh, Speaker McConnell uh, said that it was you know too long ago it's like well what about after slavery after emancipation what about redlining what about Um, all the other ways that black people in this country have been terrorized, not only physically, but socioeconomically, that have caused real wealth disparities in this country. Like, you want to talk about things that happened a long time ago? Let's talk about things, and I'm paraphrasing here, that people, there are still people walking around today, still alive, that were affected by these policies, by Jim Crow, by redlining, by every other policy that was meant to malign people of color and keep them from getting a leg up in this country. Meanwhile, concurrently putting programs in place that built the middle class and left people of color out that allowed white people to flee the cities and build the suburbs because they had really uh, uh, generous programs that allowed them to buy homes and to build that equity over just a few generations, um, but has caused a 10 to one wealth gap on average between black people and white people of similar education and, uh, and, and work backgrounds. There's still a 10 to one disparity. Um, and when he said that to Congress, I thought, I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, it is like, <laughs> it is like watching, it is like watching Einstein trying to explain something to like uh fucking i I, I was gonna say donald trump but we bring up his name too much um uh, like trying to explain the theory of relativity to school children but but the thing is here's the thing school children are open-minded oh yeah (laughs) they they would they would god damn they would absorb it uh, on some level i mean einstein was brilliant he'd find some way to like 
you know, convey it to them. I mean, for Pete's sake, Einstein was one of the few scientists who actually went to a black university back in the day um, to teach physics. But he also spoke about the uh, the race issue. And he's just like racism is a disease of white people. <laughs> yeah, that is that is what it is. It's like this is our problem. It's like you get affected by it. He was speaking to a room full of uh, black students, black university students. He was just like, but we're the ones who have to get over it. Not you. You guys know what's going on. Again, I'm paraphrasing because you know, if he, it was up to me, he'd be do, doing a lot more cursing. But, yeah. you know, so. but then, you know, <laughs> but then Einstein turns around and it's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, racism is a disease that white people carry like me. You know, I'm racist against. I think he was racist against what, like Chinese, East Asian, yeah, yeah. Chinese. He he said his statements when he went to China. He was just like, you know, something along. I'm paraphrasing. Like these are a dirty people. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, oh god, you see, fucking nobody's free of that shit. You know, and th- but but this is the multi. This is the multifaceted thing about, um, both acknowledging bias of any sort and then working on it in yourself i mean he was he lived in a day where (laughs) those contradictions let's be honest here even in the modern day those contradictions can live within people where people can tout themselves as allies and at the same time still empower uh whatever power structure it is that they purport to fight against you know, you can be at anti-sexism and still be sexist. Right, you know, right, in certain right, right. If you don't like really take a look at yourself and, and try not to be contradictory to your own statements with behavior and what you say. But just like you could still say that you're a liberal and then uh, defend segregationist or, you oh, know, before a crime bill that is blatantly racist. Absolutely. Or, absolutely. Um, it's what Malcolm be X. Joe Biden. It's it's sorry. <laughs> oh, oh man, with the uppercut. Oh man, that was that was cool. That was really brilliant. Oh man, but yeah, Malcolm X referred to those kind of people as the Northern Foxes, yeah. like the people who who are. It's like, oh yeah, they'll smile in your face and tell you, "I'm fighting for you," but you know, they don't really want you living in their neighborhoods or anything like that. Nope. Um, but 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 yeah, but Ta-Nehisi Coates spoke brilliantly, and I hope that this is the first step to um, evolving the conversation, which has been going on for decades um, in this country in terms of real taking real steps toward a serious conversation in terms of what will reparations look like. And a lot of people think that it's just, oh, you know, just cut black people a check. And I don't think that's sufficient. I mean, some people definitely deserve that check. There are some people right now who could have had land and property, but don't because they were victimized back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, because these banks were just robbing them or just not letting them put a foot in the door. Um, But I think uh, it'll it'll have a far more sophisticated, like structured approach that will not only benefit people of color and black people, but will also redefine what it is to help those who have been marginalized economically. It will create a model from which other things will spring forth. And this is this is what I'm hoping that people of other backgrounds, in particular, you know, poor white people will look at. It's just like when we open this conversation, everybody else will benefit. It's just like we brought forth civil rights in this country 
but that means everybody's rights are strengthened because of it. Right. You know, it's like black people don't have more rights than anybody else. We just became equal. And because of that, everybody else is strengthened in that defense because you can't discriminate against anybody because we've now gotten rid gotten rid of that formal structure from before the civil rights uh um, struggle yeah well i i i hate to be like the person that's like we need to switch over yeah no Uh, i i feel you because it's time to get silly (laughs) yeah i mean uh, the the thing is that there's still so much i want to talk about like i want to talk about the fact like you know um everybody's on aoc's back for saying like um, you know, the, the detention centers at the border, their concentration camps. Uh-huh. And it's like children are dying. Yeah. Yep. Um, Meanwhile, experts in the history of concentration camps are stepping up and saying, um, no, we agree because what's happening at the border are in fact concentration camps. And yeah. Freaking George Takei stepped up and said, you know, I've been in two concentration camps. I know what they look like. That's what these are. You yeah. Know? And meanwhile, the conservatives are just like, oh, you're treading on the memory of like, you know, Jewish prisoners yeah. in, in Germany. It's just like, oh, I know plenty of Jews and they'll they'll tell you all my Jewish friends because, you know, I'm I'm an honorary Jew. Yeah, and exactly. Like, Precisely. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to vote so hard in this next election. Hell yeah, gonna, man. Oh, man. That's going to be feeling it for gonna... a week. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a fucking shockwave, like when fucking Thanos snapped his fingers <laughs> and released a fucking like shockwave of energy throughout the cosmos. The rocket's gonna be somewhere like Jesus fucking Christ! What the fuck was that? <laughs> and with that, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo, and together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. And now, finally, finally, on to the gooey goodness of yes. our show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm. I am so disappointed by the uh, anticipation that the comic book world tried to set up uh, with us with this Spider-Man countdown. (laughs) First of all, everybody thought at first that it was going to be a comic adaptation of Sam Raimi's fourth Spider-Man movie because they were definitely Spider-Man Four. yeah. Yeah, there were definitely plans to do it. And, you know, I'm of mixed minds about it, but, you know, I definitely enjoyed the first two. And, you know, there were lots of murmurs on the Internet that it was going to be, you know, Sam Raimi's uh, fourth movie in comic book form, which I thought, you know, good. You know, maybe it'll wipe away some of the bad taste of Spider-Man 3 that left in all of our mouths. Um, But then it wasn't that. They quickly uh, stepped up and said, nope, it's not that. uh, So you can just forget about it. And then, you know, my co-host here, uh, Pablo told me before we started recording that it's just jj abrams and his son being like hey we're gonna start our (laughs) own comic book together just jj and son just yeah isn't it a thing yeah (laughs) haha yeah we needed (laughs) we needed a countdown for that like it's like uh uh, fuck off dude that was that was so (laughs) underwhelming like it would have been even bigger if they had announced the sequel to um the ps4 spider-man game like people would have been more excited for that oh my god yeah people would have lost their minds they would have been like you know it's like all the this is a post 
E3 conference announcement, you know, the game is set for, you know, uh, summer 2020, people would have been like, oh, shit, all right, can't win. Then they would have shown a cinematic or something like that. You know, yeah. that would have been cool. Miles Morales or something like oh that. Oh, my but, God, yeah, yes. But, Holy shit. Yeah, but, that would have been uh, amazing. This was so underwhelming. I think it actually hurt whatever it is they're going to come up with. And I'm glad he's working with his son. Yeah. That's cool, you know. But yeah, son, you know. Yeah, but time. you would have been better served by not saying, not setting a countdown before that. I mean, shit. We're living, like, we're living in the age of like Endgame and shit. Yeah, like, I know, right? You, you can't just count down. Like it's that. like, hey guys, we won the three-legged race. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about fucking father and son time. Jeez, all right. <laughs> I mean, if he would have made the announcement on like Father's Day, yeah, that, that would yes, been, that would have been cute. You know, yeah, <laughs> that would have been adorable. But now it's just like, okay, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> Move it along there, pops. But, uh, <laughs> geez, all right. Oh, what? You can curse out the fucking Russo brothers, and then I'm just like, J.J. Abrams could suck it. And then you're just like, well, no! One, one, there were no kids involved there. Second yeah. of all, they deserved it. Ah, whatever. For being Whatever. For being comic teases oh, God. as they were. Just tickling it and not doing anything. That's, but anyway. Ugh. Jeez. Jumping to another universe, um, it seems as though Sanaa Lathan has been cast as Catwoman. Let the uh, disgruntled butthurt friend boys uh, crying out begin. And exa- meanwhile, there being plenty of precedent as precedents set in the past for a black Catwoman, but Eartha uh, Kitt, exactly the original, and in my opinion, the best uh, Catwoman. <laughs> you know but <laughs> yeah yeah um but she uh Sanaa Lathan I think if they do it right she could knock it out of the park um I have not been a fan of DC slash WB television series um for some reason they just don't snag me but I think I might be interested now I'll tell you Black Lightning is a dope show I right. still haven't seen that. I can't it's believe really I haven't. It's really good. I gotta um, watch it. It is like, uh, it is definitely not um, flesh level. Like, look, we're gonna create a dampener for you know whatever it is villain of the week that we have. <laughs> we'll just create a weapon and add dampener to it, and then you just <laughs> or arrow, where it's just like, check out my biceps. <laughs> now check out this third-rate soap opera. <laughs> With a dude shooting arrows, being like, "You failed the city, fuck you." Damn. Sorry. I just I like I liked the, the thing about it is that I liked both shows. I liked arrow, like I liked the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but then somewhere along the way, Arrow totally lost me. Um, where they basically solved all of the main characters' problems in season three, and then I was just like, "Why am I still watching this shit?" Wow. If they solved all those problems, and then, um, and then the Flash, it got way too goofy, and then they, they, I think they ran out of ideas. I was, let me ask you, as as somebody who um, is a writer, like, do you think that when they approach these shows, uh, they greenlight it, hire all the actors, put it on the air, do they not come out with a multi season outline to begin with, or do they just get some good writers? 
and spitball a few ideas or just like this will be first season this will be second season but there's no overarching thought in terms of like ultimately this is going to end also all tv tv series end how do we want to do this what do we want to build up to see with with the show like arrow right i the the which is basically their stand-in for batman uh <laughs> i thought that there were there's like there's so much uh, a story there that you could mine that you could just make up or and, and try to play it off as like you know he's because he's just a normal man mm-hmm. uh struggling against extraordinary odds right but then they started like uh, copy and pasting the Dark Knight Rises. Um, really? Yeah, they did. The, they did. Um, they did the League of Shadows, where actually Oliver Queen turned out to be. Uh, he killed Ra's al Ghul and then took over the mantle of Ra's al Ghul, and I was just like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Oh man. Uh, and then uh, you know, I was just like, they could, they could have done so much more with with a character like that who's just a normal man you know again like fighting against crazy you know supervillains and shit like that um as opposed to with the flash who is a god <laughs> that is a hard like that is a hard character to write for because fucking titan man yeah like, he's a like the the thing about dc heroes he can run through time <laughs> he could run through time like, basically, he could solve everyone's problems <laughs> at the drop of... At the, at, to paraphrase Heat, he's ready to act like... He's ready to rock and roll at the drop of a hat. So, <laughs> he... I just watched that movie recently. I fucking love Heat. Have you seen Heat? I've not seen You've Heat. You've never seen Oh, God. Heat. Here Holy we go. Shit. Woo! Dude. Oh, what the fuck? Dude, we have to see Heat. Melting my face off, man. <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. We got to see heat. Um, it's fucking. Anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> so, uh, like, DC heroes are hard to write for because, uh, you know, especially um, two of the big three, mm-hmm. um, which is Superman and Wonder Woman. And then, the well, of course, the Flash, um, who's not part of the big three. But. Um, uh, these these characters are are completely overpowered mm. and it is hard to write for someone who could solve especially like if there was a superman show oh boy like to me it makes sense that there's a creep a krypton show mm-hmm. because you know they are on krypton which means they're not as powerful right um and it's set way before the events of Superman because Superman could just fly in and just mm-hmm. save the day. The yeah. end. And the and the story of Krypton is already like mired in conflict. It's like yeah. you know, the planet you you know ultimately this planet is going to die. And yeah. There's there's like political back and forth that, you know that bring that has brought up a lot of question over the years. It's just like they can send babies into space, they can send criminals into space. But they can't save themselves. No. Hmm. Well, it, it because they you know, put them in penis-shaped capsules and sent them into the negative. You're zone. talking about fucking Man of Steel. It's, tell me you didn't think they were just like oh look. no 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 no, no. they did look like fucking dicks. Little, little dicks. 
um, which I was just like, with the balls, yeah, with, with the, the balls. balls, like, oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe. I was just like, how did Zack Snyder look at that? And was like, good. Let's cut it, print. And I was like, dude, what the fuck, This man? was like modern-day bat nipples, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> Just a bunch of dicks going into, like, a, a fucking... It's the negative zone. He's yeah. making a commentary on, like, I don't know, sex and our Yeah, society. exactly, like, right? It's, it's, you know, it's more more, more fucking misogyny <laughs> from the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. shit. Uh, we're running really long on this. Yeah. Um, okay. We should. Um, but yeah, let me let me say this. Uh, I am excited for Sanal Lathan. Yes. Uh, being Catwoman, um, I will totally check it out. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen. I I, I saw a little bit of the uh, what is it? The, the Titan show. Mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. Um. But I, I this will definitely bring me further into the fold. I've watched Doom Patrol, and that show that show fucking cooks. Yeah, yeah, that show is a good show. Hmm. So I'm totally down to watch. Uh, like the the DC television universe has its little gems. Hmm. Um, Doom Patrol is weird. This is a weird fuck. It's like Legion weird. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, it's good. Cool. Uh, so, so um. You know, while we're on the topic of Catwoman, I know Eartha Kitt has played her yes. in the past. Your opinion on race bending, uh, like comic book characters? Um, I, I am for it um, if they include some of the uh, some of the race into the character's uh, origin. Um, one, just because the majority of these characters were created during a time when uh any race other than white was essentially banned from you know being made into a story to be consumed by the masses because of how society was at the time so i feel like when we look at um a lot of pop culture especially comic book culture we're seeing like a very strong echo of the past and it's not to say that we haven't come to like these characters and some of their reinterpretations but imagine what these worlds would look like if back in the day those um archaic rules those unwritten rules weren't in place you know we'd have a lot more diversity we'd have a lot more uh female superheroes uh you know even though they're increasing over the years you know we'd have a lot more representation from the lgbtq community which didn't just show up after the 60s or anything like that they've always been here and you know and every other demographic uh, just because it makes life more interesting so i'm all for it if it's treated in a way that doesn't just uh completely ignore uh the elephant in the room um like there's been a lot of debate over the years like you know you know black superman time there is a black superman from earth 2 but I'm talking about like mainline Superman and, you know, there's they've been playing with changing his race. It would over it, the years. It, it would make it. Would, I think I honestly believe I know there's a lot of butthurt fanboys who just be like, no, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I honestly believe it would revitalize the character. Absolutely. Um, if he it just it creates such a rich 
it, it creates a depth to like and I'm not saying like the that Superman and himself isn't deep. It's just like a it can be look, a little shallow. He's played out. It right? can be a little shallow. Yeah, it can be a little shallow. I and we spoke about it on many on a, ep- yes many, many episodes, episodes ago. Yeah. Like, what if he had landed on Earth, and instead of you know just a farm out in Kansas or whatever, he uh, he landed and as a black Kryptonian because they do exist, uh, landed and became the child of share black sharecroppers at the time, and then growing up in a in a racist society, yet having all discovering all this power that he has, and not only having to learn how to maneuver as a black man in a society, but how to maneuver as an alien in the society and all the metaphors between, you know, having to have dual identities. I mean, I think that would, like you said, that would revitalize Superman in such a way that would, it, you know, it doesn't erase, you know, the prior Superman or whatever, but I think it would show us the, um, some of the different intentions that were put in place, um, or some might argue uh, have been looked into over the years in terms of like, well, why does Superman need a secret identity? What does that play to? It's just like that could be greatly illustrated, you know, in a black man. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sorry, but we have to wrap it up. Yeah, for sure. Um, sure. uh, Really, really quick. Um, If you had to purposely miscast, because in the the, the rise of the Keanu-sans, right? People are saying that. Keanu-sans, I love that. (laughs) Uh, Well, people are saying that uh, Keanu needs to be in the MCU, right? And and people are just saying Silver Surfer or like uh, Adam Warlock or Moon Knight. And I'm just like, what if they purposely miscast Keanu Reeves? Now, if you had the chance to purposely miscast a beloved MCU character, who would you cast as whom? Oh my God! Um, I would cast Keanu Reeves as a uh, Sasquatch from uh, um, Alpha Flight. What? Uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It got a rise out of me. That's that's perfect. And I. <laughs> You just played a Canadian from fucking Toy Story 4. Anyway, um, I would cast Keanu Reeves as Modoc. So, oh my God. <laughs> so, from both of us here, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes, Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. While you're out there, you could try keeping it real, but you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. to the left.
Dragon Tree.